Good morning, all. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Ras, for this uh, opportunity. Before we go into the the word for today, let's let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we we give you praise and we thank you for this morning time and we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be ministered by your word today. Father, we pray that you minister to each one of us gathered here and also those watching online. Pray for myself, Lord, you use me the way you want me to be used this morning. We pray also for revelation. We pray for understanding of your word. And we purpose, Lord, this morning, not to just be hearers of your word, but also to be doers of your word. And Holy Spirit, you come and you be our teacher today. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want us to look at uh, a passage of scripture from the Gospel of Mark this morning. And this is from the uh, fourth chapter. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 till the end of the chapter. So we have seven verses we are going to read. Let's read together. So starting from Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd. The disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting and they took him with them. Other boats were there too. Verse 37. Suddenly, a strong wind blew up. And the waves began to spill over into the boat. So that it was about to fill with water. Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping with his head on a pillow. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Verse 39. Jesus, he stood up and commanded the wind, be quiet. And he said to the waves, be still. The wind died down and there was a great calm. Then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so frightened? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41. But they were terribly afraid and began to say to one another, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. So here we see the great storm that has come on the boat and we have the picture there and we see that Jesus, he speaks to the wind, he speaks to the storm, to the waves, and we read that a great calm comes. So this great miracle in this story is not just about Jesus being able to calm natural storms, hurricanes and winds and waves, but this great miracle is about Jesus being able to calm even the storms 
in our lives. The storms in our lives. We all go through storms in our lives. Some small storms, some big storms. But they all have potential to damage our boat. They all have potential to be life-threatening, to destroy us. Could be storms of fear. Could be storms of discouragement. Storms that could overwhelm us. Storms in our relationships. Storms in our finances. Storms at our workplace. And all sorts of storms. But Jesus is able to calm all of those storms. So this morning I want to speak on three points based on this scripture, which I believe God is going to use to encourage us this morning. So the first point is that we need to invite, we need to invite Jesus onto our boat. We need to tell Jesus, come, come and be in our boat. If you look at chapter, uh, verse 35, we read, On the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So Jesus and the disciples, they began their journey to go across the lake to reach the other side. But it's more than just a journey. I believe God is using this passage as an illustration of the journey of our lives. You and I are in a journey. You and I are on a voyage on the sea of life. And we have taken, we have, we have left a shore and we are on the way towards our destination. We are on a voyage. And if you look at verse 36, verse 36 says that other boats were there too. Other boats were there too, which means that we are not alone on this journey. But there are other people in their boats who are also on the same journey. But the difference is, the difference is, Jesus is not present on those other boats. But Jesus in the story was present on the boat in which the disciples were. That is the difference. Now I'm not sure what happened when the storm came. Now, when the storm came, I don't know what happened to those other boats because the Bible doesn't tell me. But one thing the Bible tells me, and that is that Jesus and the disciples' boat, that boat reached the shore safely. So this morning, I want to ask you this question. Have you invited Jesus into your boat? Have you invited Jesus into your ship? Have you invited the captain of captains into your boat? Have you invited the navigator of navigators into your boat? That is a question. Have you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior of your life? Because when you invite Jesus into your boat, there are several advantages, several things you receive. But I just want to talk about two things this morning. One is, direction. When you receive Jesus as the captain or welcome Jesus as the captain of your ship, you receive direction for where to go. You see, there are many people who live their lives like as though they are in a boat 
adrift on the sea without any compass, without any navigation tool. They're just drifting aimlessly. No direction, no meaning, no purpose in life. They may have wealth, they may have material possessions, they may have status in society, but inside they're void. There's no peace, there's no joy. You see, it doesn't matter if you have plenty of money. It doesn't matter if you are highly educated. It doesn't matter whether you have great status in society. You need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life because we have been created. God created us to walk with him. God created us to have fellowship with him. And it's a terrible thing to be adrift on the sea, not knowing where to go, not knowing whether to turn left or turn right or forward or backwards. That's a terrible thing to be in. The second advantage when we invite Jesus into our, into our boat to be the captain is security and protection. See, verse 35 says, on the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side of the lake. Jesus said, I repeat, Jesus said, let us go across to the other side. When Jesus says something, that itself is an assurance that that thing is going to happen. Whatever he said will happen without fail. There is no doubt. There's no shadow of a doubt. When Jesus says, we will go to the other side, there's no doubt that we will indeed go to the other side. The storms will come, mind you. The storms will come. You will be uncomfortable. You might stumble. You might fall. But because Jesus said, let us go to the other side, you will reach the other side. Eventually. Safely. Securely. See, we know the story of Noah, don't we? Now, Noah was with his family and all the animals in the ark for 40 nights, 40 days. And the Bible says heavy rain was there. Floods covered the entire, the water covered the entire earth. And we think, okay, Noah was safe in the ark and, you know, very comfortable. But I don't think he was very comfortable there, would he? With the, with the rains lashing, with the, with the winds blowing and with the water tossing all over the place, I'm sure that ark must be the most uncomfortable place to be in. Noah must have stumbled several times. They all must have fallen down several times. And Noah must have thought to himself, whenever he stumbled and fell, am I really going to make this true? Am I, going to, am I really going to survive this? Doubts must have come into his mind because of whatever was going on in the ark, within the ark. You see, the ark is a representation of Jesus Christ. Noah fell inside the ark, which is, not, which is okay, which is natural, because the way the ark was turning all over the place. He fell inside the ark, but you know what? Noah never fell outside the ark. He remained inside the ark, and that's the beauty of inviting Jesus as the captain of your ship. You will never fall out of the boat. You might fall inside the boat, but you'll never fall outside the boat. Once you give your life to Jesus and make him the captain of your ship, there's no way that you will fall out of the boat. See, the Bible says in John 15, 7, if you 
abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you see the word abide abide means to to live with to be with to be in a relationship with abide doesn't mean to visit abide means to live with someone if you abide the disciples were abiding with jesus in the boat that's where they were safe just imagine if jesus was elsewhere somewhere else and the disciples were in the boat on their own and the storm came who would they ask for help who would they go to help he wasn't there in the boat so he couldn't they couldn't ask anyone so that's the difference if jesus is not with you you can't ask him can you and that's why it says abide you need to abide with him you need to live have a relationship with him you need to depend on him for everything so the question i'm asking now is do you have jesus in your boat and have you made him the captain of your boat that is do you depend on him totally yes. not 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 something not little bit here and there not when you have some 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 need or you you need something from him but do you depend on him totally 24/7 yes. are you dependent on him for protection are you dependent on him for direction yes. or do you do things on your own own will and will power that's a question you need to ask ourselves this morning now the second point that was the first point the second point is that the storms will come whether you like it or not the storms will come now it doesn't look like a very nice thing to say to you or a nice thing to hear that the storms will come but unfortunately it is true the storms will come see verse 37 verse 37 says suddenly a strong wind blew up and the waves began to spill over into the boat so that it was about to fill with water you see the start of that passage suddenly what does that mean that means prior to that everything was fine prior to that everything was calm prior to that everything was quiet and cool and enjoyable but suddenly a strong wind came you see when they started on their journey things were calm things were quiet and a few hours later things changed see one moment you could be sailing on calm waters and the next moment the waves will start to get rough the wind will start to start howling the waters will begin to toss here and there and soon you will be in the midst of a storm when you least expect it when you least least expect it the storm will come could be a phone call could be a doctor's report could be a news at work could be a financial crisis could be a relationship issue could be anything when you least expect it that storm will come so why why do these storms come three things 
why storms can come into our lives. The first one is because of you and because of me, because of self. Storms can come because of self. Because we sometimes tend to make wrong choices. And we many times fall out of the will of God. We make wrong choices many times. And that's when the storm can come in our lives. Have you heard of Jonah? Jonah, God told him to go to Nineveh. He disobeyed God. He decided to go the opposite direction. He took a ship and the storm came while they were in the sea. And a dreadful storm came. And all the sailors were terrified. And they began to panic. And we know the story. Jonah confessed to them that he had disobeyed God. And then we know that he was thrown out into the sea. And then the whale came and swallowed him up and then spit him up. And then eventually, long story short, eventually after all that adventure and misadventure, he ended up in the place where God wanted him in the first place. Why all that? Because of wrong choice. Because of his disobedience to God. God sent that storm in order to re re replenish that or recover that relationship, that fellowship with Jonah once again. That's number one. The second thing that the storm can come, the second reason why a storm can come is because God allows it to come. God will allow a storm to come into our lives. Why? Sometimes we can get very arrogant. Sometimes we can get very proud. Sometimes, you know, we think, oh, we don't want to spend time praying. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to minister to the unsaved. Let somebody else do it. You know, it's not our job. You know, we get, we get a bit casual in our attitude. We think we can do everything. We think we don't need God anymore. We are self-sufficient. And that's when God will allow the storm to come into our lives. Look at the disciples. The disciples, God used the disciples to do miracles, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. These are the same guys who are crying out in panic in the storm. But God used them, didn't he? But as God used them, I believe they would have got callous in the attitude. They would have got hardened, insensitive, and got you know, so used to it that when the storm came, they were not prepared for. And God knew that. And that's where God sent the storm. And these people, these disciples, cried out, Master, Master, help us, save us. So God can send a storm because of our attitude. In my own experience, I can say there's nothing like a good, good old storm <laughs> to bring me, to bring me to my knees when I'm all self-sufficient. The storm will come, and that will bring me to my knees, and I'll cry out to God and say, "God, I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. Forgive me. That's the mistake I made." That's the best thing 
that a storm can do, can bring people to their knees. You know, they say a storm is the easiest way a man and woman can get on their knees. And the third reason why storms can come into our lives is the devil himself. Satan. Satan can use a storm to destroy, to try and destroy us, to try and discourage us. You see, in verse 39 on this passage, verse 39, Jesus stood up and commanded the wind, be quiet. And he said to the waves, be still. And the wind died down and there was a great calm. See, Jesus rebuked the wind like he rebuked the demons. The word rebuke in the Greek language is, is almost like, you know, muzzling, muzzling a dog. You know, when a dog always is barking, they try and put a muzzle on the, on the dog's mouth so that it doesn't bark. That's the little, little meaning of uh, rebuke in the Greek language. So what Jesus was doing was he was telling Satan, he was rebuking Satan because that storm was from Satan. That storm was from the devil in order to destroy the, 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 the boat, the disciples, and the Jesus. Now you might ask, if Jesus was in the boat, how come the storm came? Because Jesus was in the boat. How come the storm can come when Jesus is in the boat? Well, the presence of Jesus on the boat did not prevent the storm from coming. The presence of Jesus not, did not prevent the storm from coming. Many Christians, you know, what they think is, oh, I'm not born again. I'm not saved. And I've, you know, I've, I've got, uh, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Now everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be smooth sailing now. But sorry to say that that's not the case. If you are lost and if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you will still encounter storms. Even if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will still encounter storms. The difference is that when the storms come and you don't know Jesus, then you don't have the one who can bring you out of that storm. You have to face that storm alone. If you don't know Jesus, you have to face that storm on your own. And that's a dreadful thing to do. That's not going to be easy to face the storm on your own. I wouldn't want to face a storm without Jesus Christ on my boat. Because without him, without Jesus in my life, in my boat, I don't stand a chance. Without him, I'm helpless. I need him to save me. I need him for protection. And the last, the third point I want to share this morning is that Jesus has the victory. Jesus always has the victory. This story is all about the victory of the Savior. It's all about the victory of Jesus. You see, Jesus was not taken by surprise when the storm came. Jesus is prepared for any storm. And Jesus can handle any storm. And here we see that he commands the storm to calm down. And the Bible says that there was a great calm. In fact, when, when, the, when the storm came, 
when the boat was being tossed all over the place and the wind was howling, the disciples were panicking and screaming. What was Jesus doing? He was asleep. He was asleep in one corner, peacefully sleeping. It was not the, the storm that woke up Jesus. He didn't wake up because a storm came. He woke up because the disciples came and woke him up. The disciples woke him up saying in verse 39, we, we read, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? That's a nice thing to say to Jesus, isn't it? Don't you care that we are about to die? Have you ever felt sometimes to say that to Jesus? How many of you have felt like? I have. I have felt like. Nobody else? A lot of holy people around here. I have felt, I have, uh, I have said, when I have been in a storm, when, I, when, I, when, I, when everything turns up, when everything's turned upside down, and it doesn't seem to recover, sometimes, as a human being, I can, I can lose myself. I can, I can start asking questions. Jesus, why don't you put an end to this? Can't you see what's happening to me? Can't you interfere and somehow bring this back to normal? You know, we cry out sometimes, don't we? Doesn't the Bible say, cast your burdens unto Jesus? For he cares for you. But sometimes when you're going through a storm, you might feel that he doesn't care for you. Because nothing seems to be changing. Nothing seems to be improving. The storm is still there. The storm is still going on. And that's what happened with the disciples. It was not obvious to the disciples that things were going to be under control. Because all that they, they could see was... The physical part, the storm, the waves, the wind, all that. But in verse 40, we see, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you frightened? Do you still have no faith? Just remember, these are the same disciples who saw Jesus perform great miracles. They even saw the power of God working through them. And yet these disciples were the closest to Jesus than any other human being in the whole earth, were afraid of a storm because of the lack of faith. You see, many of, many of us have been close to the Lord. Many of us have studied God's word, you know. But right now, you may be in a storm. And right now, your heart might be gripped with fear. And that's exactly the way the disciples were feeling because they had no faith. What did they have instead of faith? They had something else. They had fear. See, you can't have faith and fear at the same time in your heart. You can't have both of them. You see, fear is looking at the storm while faith is looking at the Savior. Faith is look, uh, fear is looking at the obstacle. But faith is looking at the one who can overcome those obstacles. Fear is looking at the problem, whereas faith is looking at the problem solver, the one who can solve the problem. 
the disciples they had their eyes on what they had their eyes on the storm not on jesus they had the eyes on the storm and not on jesus and that's why they had fear their faith was totally lacking because they were looking at the circumstances but you know what the interesting point here is the reason why they did not need to have fear at all you know earlier in verse 35 jesus had said let us pass over to the other side he didn't say let's go somewhere in the middle and when if the storm comes let us drown he didn't say that he said let us pass to the other side see that's the promise of god god has never gone back on his promise and he will never go back on his promise so we need to take god at his word and we need to stand on his promises and that's why it's so important to know god's word if you know god's word you will know what are the promises for you and i you know because god will never go back on his promises so in the midst of our storm when we have that fear we need to take god at his word because god says i will bring you through the storm he says yes storms will come but i will bring you through the storm and then finally the disciples asked the question in the last verse verse 41 what did they ask who is this man even the wind and the waves obey him and that's what i want you each one of you to ask yourself this morning to ask the question who is jesus you know is he able to do what he says he will do is he able to do in your life what he has promised to do is jesus worthy of being your savior and your lord does he have the power to forgive your sin does he have the power to give direction to your life the answer to all these questions is a big big yes yes and yes jesus is the only one who can speak peace to the storms in our lives you know that song we sing cornerstone through the storm he is lord lord of all now some of you may be already experiencing a storm in your lives today and some of you don't know it but you're about to be in a storm and you don't have jesus on the on board your ship you don't have jesus on your boat so i don't know what you're going to do when the storm comes i don't know how you're going to manage the situation i don't know how you're going to survive i don't know how you're going to have strength to face the storm when it comes because without jesus there is no strength without jesus there's no life and that's why i want you to recognize today what the disciples recognize the disciples recognize something and we need to recognize the same thing today 
that only Jesus can take you through the storm. And therefore, you need today, by faith, to just simply pray and to invite Jesus. Invite him to be the captain of your ship, to be the master of your faith, to be the savior of your soul. So I just want us to all close our eyes. I want uh, us to all pray a prayer. I'm going to pray and then you've got to repeat after me. Especially if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today I encourage you. Invite him into your life. Invite him into your life and he will come and he will give you direction. He'll give your life meaning and purpose. He will show you where to go. He will protect you when the storm comes. And even if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior already, but you know, you've backslidden and you know, you, you're not very serious with the relationship with Jesus, you know, the storms will come and you won't know what to do. So I implore you this morning to also say that prayer when we pray it now with the, with, 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 with the meaning in your heart. Say it with meaning. Invite him into your life this morning. You may not get another chance to do that. Invite him before the storm comes. Even if you are in a storm right now, it's not late. Invite him and he will come. He will come and he will calm that storm. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray and if you just repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry. I believe the blood of Jesus washes away my sins and I'm clean. And now that I am clean, I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior, to live inside of me, fill me with your glory. I love you, Lord, and I'm so thankful. Amen. So if you've said that prayer, if you're in this building, thank you for doing that. And speak to one of the elders, one of the leaders here in the, in the, in the church, and they will help you out with, with the next steps. And if you've been watching this online, and if you've said this prayer with meaning, thank you once again. Jesus will now come into your life, and he will be your Lord, and he will be your Savior. No storm will affect you. No storm will come and cause damage to your life. You will stumble. You will fall. But you will never have any other problems. You will, you, will, you will reach that destination securely. Jesus will hold your hand and take you. Take you there. Hallelujah. Can we ask the worship team to please come and uh, come on the stage? Thank you. So before I close, I just want to, uh, I just want to pray. And thank the Lord for this word he's given us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Lord, for being our Savior. Yes, Jesus, we've made you the captain of our ship. You take charge. You give us direction. You give us guidance. 
you protect us lord we don't want to depend on our own abilities our own will and our own will power but we want to submit to you as a captain of our ship as a navigator of our ship you take us where you want us to be because we know while you as long as you are the captain of our ship no matter what comes our way no matter what storm comes our way no matter if the wind howls or the, the water gets tossed or, the, or our boat gets tossed here and there and we stumble and we fall we know that you will rescue us you will take us through till the very end we thank you lord for your word today thank you father we give you all the praise we give you all the glory in jesus name we pray amen amen amen